You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson and I'm also here with Ben King to talk about the 2019 football season for Auburn. Ben, how are you doing? How are you feeling uh, now that we're a couple weeks removed from uh, the bowl game and finishing up and wrapping up? AJ, man, I'm good. Uh, state champions. I'm loving the basketball that's going on, and I can't wait for that second Alabama game where we get presented the trophy. Ah, it's going to be good. But they probably won't. They're lame. They haven't done <laughs> well, they haven't brought their president because yeah exactly yeah but they still got to give it to us yeah they'll at least give us the trophy it's just the, the someone's gonna someone's gonna chant war eagle i'm okay you know i i hope they someone do wearing red i hope they do that i don't care who it is they're gonna make an excuse oh the weather's bad or something no. like that <laughs> i couldn't make the trip <laughs> yeah exactly i want nick saban out there oh man how great would that be if he <laughs> he got recorded fantastic that would probably make national that it would he's singing uh some auburn auburn's fight yeah, song, auburn fight song. <laughs> like that would be so great as he gives a trophy to the other team that beat him perfect that how <laughs> 12 men out on the field <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> i he he could totally make if you really wanted to a good alternative i mean we can make an alternative do you want to make one up on the spot no i'm just kidding let's not do that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it for another podcast. Yeah, that could be another good podcast. So good alternatives to Auburn Auburn songs, Auburn fight songs. <laughs> we could sing the season. Oh, man. <laughs> That'd be beautiful and yet terrible for everybody else's ears. Absolutely. Unless we use autotune. That would probably be just about as bad. <laughs> hey, it'd be a throwback to 2010. All we do is win. Hey, that's pretty good, too. I always appreciate that song. Ben, let's jump into some of the uh, ups and downs of this season. A lot of ups but also a lot of downs uh, this is a season of uh we had expectations but also kind of somewhat tempered uh expectation knowing how tough the schedule uh if i remember correctly a lot of the outside predictor you know, the media were kind of predicting auburn to go seven and five or eight and four but we we just as auburn fans i think we had something we knew something was up we we had a good feeling about this season um I was more or less predicting like a ten and two or a, possibly even eleven and one if the cards uh, came to us correctly. But I, I feel like this season just ending up as nine and four wasn't the worst, but definitely could have been a lot better. Ben, overall, like yeah. if you had to summarize the season, how would you describe it? I'd say you know subpar, below expectations, but it was you know we we had. Like you said, highs and lows. Uh, 
one of the low parts was the schedule and the road games and the lack of offensive production. Yeah. At the end of the season, we're number three in the SEC or whatever. So not a lot will probably change. But, you know, I was looking at the season at a 10-2 and two is, you know, our bottom. And that's really what was needed. Uh, thankfully, we had a fantastic recruiting season. And that was a highlight. Yeah. So that helped Gus a lot. And then we beat Bama. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, no no worries there with his job security. But when it comes to the holistic season itself, you know, I was saying 10-2 and two at the bottom. I could easily have seen us going undefeated and rolling into the championship contender into the playoff. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen that way. The offensive line was one thing that we were actually excited about preseason because, you know, when you return all seniors, typically you have a fairly decent offensive line. Uh, that was not the case. Our offensive coach is now gone. Those seniors are all gone. And, you know, I hope they have a great career in whatever they got their degree in <laughs> after their time at Auburn. Yeah, the the offensive line was probably the low point. And it's just kind of sad that I was thinking back on the 2018 season as well. That was probably the biggest gripe from that previous, because if we had a decent offensive line, Jarrett Sidham would have gotten sacked as much. We could have pushed the ball down the field a little bit more, could have gotten some more rushing uh, efficiency. And I felt like at times we had very similar uh, things that we did in 2018, this 2019 season. And, Rushing efficiency at times seemed very gloomy. Uh, there were times where Bo, uh, Bo Nix was just pretty much running for his life, getting having to get yeah. out of the pocket. Um, surprisingly, he he managed to evade a lot of sacks, but a lot of times he just had to throw the ball away uh, because the offensive line didn't give him the time to pass it and for the routes to develop. Uh, but at the same time, if that's probably our biggest gripe, it's not the worst. Um, obviously, the some other issues with the offense definitely happen. Um, just the the chemistry a lot of times, the timing of uh, getting just drives put together uh, wasn't the best. A lot of times, we'd have uh, some drives that we really really did well. We'd drive down the field seven, eight, nine, ten plays, and then score a touchdown. And we'd have some drives where we get a few first downs then we stall out at the 15 yard line and then we have to put Anders in there to kick a field goal uh not the best but also there were times in games uh, and we'll talk about them that we put up some big numbers um i'm just thinking about the mississippi state game where we put up 56 against mississippi state uh yeah. we had 52 against sanford sanford but we also shut them out and uh, that's always something said when you shut out a team um Another thing that also happened this year, um, it's not, it is football related, but it isn't, um, that I just wanted to remind everybody, um, Andy Burcham, he was announced as the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Uh, so, you know, him fitting into that role of the radio announcer for Auburn, it, it was definitely a good fit. And, uh, as, over time you can kind of see him getting more and more comfortable. Um, so glad he's, uh, getting in there, um, and making those highlight videos making the listeners that listen to the the radio get more into it. Just visualize what's happening through listening to it. Yep. And I've got to say, you know, Rod is missed, but Andy came in and, and did everything he could to continue on, you know, the legacy that Rod Bramble left. And it was really nice, you know, the Iron Bowl itself, 
uh, Andy was like, Rod, that was for you, man. Yeah. And I actually started doing this this year where I would watch the show on TV, mute it, and bring up Andy Burcham on the uh, the app yeah. for Auburn and listen to it that way because I just couldn't stand some of the announcers. Oh, yeah. And, man, it may be a little bit off when it comes to you know the timing of what happens, but it's just such a better experience. Yeah, and I, I've heard plenty of other people doing that. Um, and just how – I don't know. There's definitely the commentators that you know are just going to be bad. Um, and it's good to have some consistency with a guy like Andy Burcham that you know what you're you're going to get out of him. Um, he's going to describe things. He's going to give you awesome stats uh, as they come. Oh, now Bo's broken another freshman record for quarterbacks. You know, those kind of fun things um, that you may not get on a nationally televised uh, team. Yeah, I can't wait for ESPN Plus to have like a – Listen to your own team's commentator. That'd be great option. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. Like have those oh, synced up. Yeah. Uh, that that could be a really awesome. Hey, you can watch this one if you're an Auburn fan, or you can watch this one if you're an, another team. That would be really neat. Yeah. No. That. I mean, they're already doing the. I guess there would be rights that would have to be. I don't know. I would. I would love for that to be an option though. Yeah. Because it's possible now, but it's difficult. Yeah. And it's not timed up correctly. And I just, some of the commentators are just bad. <laughs> yes, they are. And I feel like some networks would probably balk at that idea just because. CBS. You're probably right. The worst commentators of all. And they know it, <laughs> which is great. Yep. Uh, well, I'll take that back because if Gary wasn't there, it'd actually be decent. Yeah. He just makes it terrible. Yep. I'm in a cl- complete agreement. Um, another couple of things that I just wanted to talk about, just going into this 2019 season, uh, if you remember back, and it seems like a very long time ago, but we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. It was yep. the battle between Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. Uh, we were, at times, I was definitely in the Joey Gatewood camp just because he had been there for an extra year over Bo. Uh, but it seemed like the transition changed, what was it, like a week before the season started, where People were shifting their allegiance and saying, ah, I, while I like Joey, Bo seems like the future. Um, do you remember that moment and kind of when uh, fans just started to jump on this Bo uh, bandwagon? Yeah, well, there were definitely talks one way or the other uh, all preseason since the end of the Jarrett Stidham era. And we didn't really know because, you know, uh, Bo Nix came in early and was able to be there last spring. Yeah. So they both had the time. And so there was talk on both of them kind of sharing first string reps. And so way back even then, we were having a discussion like, who is it? And there were rumblings of each. And you're right, when it came you know, closer to the start of the season, the announcement was made. And you know, we, we still heard some players even after that announcement that Bo Nix was going to be the starter still wishing it was Joey. So I feel like even at the beginning of the season, the locker room was kind of still divided when it came to their leadership. Yeah. And then that's why they made the announcement and had everyone get behind Bo. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, I'm I'm really hoping that Joey's able to start next year for Kentucky because I think he's a fantastic athlete. He's going to have a lot of success. Yeah, I'd love to get to play him. Yeah, that would be really neat if he's able to pretty much get that. So he doesn't have to sit out the extra season. I would love to uh, get to face him next year. Um, very similar to how we faced against Woody Barrett. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty neat. Definitely. 
uh, let's discuss the the positions that really improved over the season. So you start game one where you saw them to this very end of the season. Uh, what was one position or maybe even multiple that you saw a lot of improvement in? Well, I mean, gosh, we were just talking about, you know, Bonex making his debut. And when it came to the Oregon game, we saw him kind of grow up in front of our eyes, yeah, right? he definitely did. He he struggled at times. He made good decisions. And then at the end of the game, let us on the game-winning drive yes. to close it out. So, uh, you know, that was huge. I think Seth Williams right there, he had already been great the previous season, but really sedimented himself as the go-to guy, uh, kind of a, a step above the rest of the wide receivers in that game as well. Uh, we... Saw the fastest man in college football make some moves. We saw some some good running game. You know, the first game itself, that really set our expectations in stone when it came to the overall season. Yeah. We lose against Oregon, I think it's a completely different outlook. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, if we lost, you're probably looking more at like a 7-5. and five. Yep. It, I think 7-5 and five is, you know, the cap at that point. Yeah. Because I don't... I don't think we would still have performed the same way against Alabama. Because, I mean, that was a close game too, right? Yeah. I don't think that we would have had the same type of consistency if it hadn't been Oregon. So it was a it was a big deal when it came to, you know, setting up our season and also how we were competing within all of college football this year. Yeah, and Bo in the Oregon game, like you said, grew up before our eyes. And that's when he really... Uh, I felt like we, we got to see, all right, this guy's got a lot of potential. He improvised on plays. I think there was that was he had uh, Eli Stovey. And even that touchdown, um, I think it was to Seth Williams. Not the, the final one, but there was another one. Uh, oh, no, that was the Eli Stovey, sorry. Um, he improvised that play and just said, hey, I've got a good matchup. I'm just going to throw it to my guy. And you're thinking, you're doing this on one of the biggest stages in your first game in college football. Um, and so you saw him, even at that point, all right, this is the expectation for him. Um, but even still throughout the season, you saw a very consistent uh, kind of guy. Of course, there were moments, you think about the Florida, you think about the LSU game uh, where he had issues. But if you look at the overall trajectory, how Bo as a quarterback developed was definitely, all right, he's got these great assets around him. And he was he was putting the ball exactly where he needed to. Um, and getting getting away from the pressure when he also needed to. Yeah, and inversely, on the opposite side of the field, you know, we were going up against one of the best, touted best offensive lines, and then they ended up winning uh, whatever that award is for the best offensive line this year. Mm -hmm. And then Justin Herbert, who was a Heisman hopeful, yep. and both Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson and the, the D-line, the front seven, man, everyone showed up to play. Uh, and it just kind of started the season there as well, where we were like, man, next man up is going to, it's like nothing changed season to season. These guys are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think this is kind of like, a, we, we saw what we could get out of us against a very good Oregon team. And we're thinking, all right, let's see how much further we can go with this. And so it was almost taking it game by game. Uh, and that kind of led us into the next game against two. So we had a couple extra uh, where 
we we decided, all right, well, we got to figure out what our offense is going to do. Um, I remember that first quarter was extremely frustrating. Uh, <laughs> we only had 36 yards in the first quarter. Uh, we had a lot of missed passes uh, to our running backs. There was definitely, a, I don't know if it was just our guys weren't ready to play or what, but it was something that I was thinking, we should probably dominate this team for the whole time. And yep. I mean, it took a while, but you know, we, we started to take over. We held uh, Tulane to only six points and we put up 24, uh, ended up winning that game. But, you know, it was a good game in the end, but just you could see our offense, we, we got to turn it out. Um, and it took a while uh, to kind of figure out what are we going to do? Who are we going to go to? Um, one of the big guys that I remember from that, that game was Will Hastings. Uh, he led the team in reception yards. Uh, he also had a touchdown up the seam. And this was one where he was open he had to make a guy miss uh, and made it, made a miss and uh, got into the end zone. Uh, There's also Will Hastings, that, that game where he got targeted. So somebody hit him. It was a very cheap shot. Almost took his head off. And I was just like, oh gosh, like this is our second game with him. He's such a good uh, route runner and almost just like a safety valve a lot of times for Bo uh, that I was just thinking, oh, crap, like if we go without will for the whole season it's not going to be good um but yeah this was this was also another point just another thing i remembered from this was uh we had a great interception from jeremiah denson it looked like it was just a a thrown away kind of ball and jeremiah denson runs i think from pretty much the midfield and says i can go get that ball and comes over catches it right before he goes out of bounds and i was thinking all right all right our defense legit um, and you know what, that, that also established our defense is, is back and ready to play because we knew our, our defensive line with Marlon, Derek, Nick Coe, they're all going to be solid. Uh, but I was still kind of, I don't know. I had a couple like smaller question marks. They weren't big question marks in my head for linebacker and also the secondary, but this game kind of said, you know what? I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, so uh, anything else you remember from that Tulane game? Yeah, there were a handful of things, but none of them were really about football. Uh, I think biggest thing initially was the wideout game it was interesting, something that was a little bit new for Auburn football. Uh, the touching video for Rod Bramblett. Oh yes, that, that where that was so good. Yeah, and we had the flyover with uh, it was the missing man formation. Yep, uh, that was fantastic. Uh, the painted up crew mm-hmm. ride for Rod. Yep. And then that idiot on the broadcast who <laughs> was also named Rod and took credit for our students painting up for him. Yeah, we painted up for a commentator. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nobody ever does that except yep. if you're if it's for our our guy. Like if it's just for like a regular team commentator. Really? What? Really? Yeah, and that was Andy Bertram's uh, his I guess debut when it comes to a, a home football game yeah. because the first one was away against Oregon. And I actually, uh, we, Caroline and I went down to this game, but we were going up to Boston, uh, the following day. So we had to get home to take the dogs over to her family's house so we could leave. So I listened to the second half of this game, uh, on the road, which was, you know, Andy Bertram leading the way and it was great. So, um, the game itself, not great. Uh, it feels like we still always have this problem of playing down to our competition. And this one mattered to me a little bit because 
uh, one being there, two, the wide out, and three, my boss. This was his alma mater we were playing. <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more of, a, you know, Auburn playing a uh, whatever team this is, AAC yeah. competition. I kind of wanted more of a, you know, flex our muscles type play. But, you know, we, we won in decisive fashion, so I guess that's fine. I mean, we did. There was only moments of probably in that first and the second. We aren't doing much on us. And Tulane could easily just make a big play here. Yeah. Uh, but that next game that we had was against Kent State. Uh, this was another evening game uh, where I was, I'm was. i still kind of amazed we got two evening games back-to-back for Kent State, but I guess it was loving us in time. Uh, Auburn dominated Kent State 55-16. to 16. Uh, This was, some people called it the Woody Barrett revenge game, potentially. <laughs> uh, Woody Barrett did not revenge us. Not even in the slightest. Wasn't even the uh, starting quarterback for Kent State. Yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, though he did, but when he came on the field, it was great. He did get to play some uh, in the second yeah. half, and everyone cheered. I, I thought it was cool um, to see him, and he did pretty well. There were a couple runs where I was thinking, "All right, this is the Woody Barrett that I'm sure Gus looked at and said, this is why I'm recruiting you.' Um, yep. It just not all the pieces seemed to come together for him. Plus, he also had Jarrett Stidham uh, ahead of him. So he got some, some pretty good players ahead. He just Woody Barrett able to cut it to Auburn. Uh, this game, one thing that I remember from it was we had a big emphasis on the run game. Uh, we really didn't need to pass much. I think we passed the ball 17 times or so uh, during that game. Uh, we ran the ball. Ben, we ran the ball. 467 yards <laughs> that's more yeah. than a lot of the games just total offense though. yeah or a lot of yards that pretty much any other team had this season per game well, it's it's games like this that got us to that number three spot yes because when we laid the wood and once we finally figured it out in this game we took it to the house man yeah we and, w- and when we got our run game going it was it was what you're thinking Auburn's offense. I mean, we had three guys that had over 100 yards. Um, Malik Willis, Joey Gatewood even had over 100 yards. Sean Shivers had over 100 yards. Uh, your boy, Cam Martin, <laughs> didn't get 100 yards, but he got 71 yards. We, we were thinking he might grow his horn. It's close. Didn't happen. Close, but no cigar. Still had a shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that game, I think we, we were just – we were ready to see Auburn's offense going and uh, the emphasis on the run game gave us some, some good hope, especially going into our first sec road game, uh, where yep. we went to Texas A&M, um, where we played them in college station. It was a two thirty game on CBS. Ben, I'm sure you just muted that had your radio on for, uh, because frustrating to have to listen to Gary, man. Oh yeah. So frustrating. Uh, but yeah, that this ended up being probably one of the bigger wins, at least at that time. So you had at that point the Oregon game, which was Oregon. I mean, even up until really close to the end of the season, where was looking like they they could potentially uh, win their conference. Uh, yep. And then you're thinking Texas A&M. You're just thinking they're they're getting to be a really. I don't know. At that point, we thought they're 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 good, but well, yeah, they had one loss and it was to Clemson. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah, well, of course they're going to lose that one. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right. We we expected this to be a tough game and a big win. And at the time, it still felt like it. We didn't really know what Texas A&M was made of until later on in the season. Yeah. And then you but, start to see it later down the road. They're, yeah. They're not as good of a quality of opponent as you're. 
I mean, SEC Media Days, Kellen Mond said he was the Heisman frontrunner. So, <laughs> no. Uh, take it as you will. <laughs> they thought they had some big things to prove. Yeah, Kellen Mond, man, while I'm, I'm, you see glimmers of hope, he was just so hot and cold. And even in this game, you saw him. We were yeah. able to shut him down for a lot of that game. And the only points where you saw him actually getting traction pretty much in hopeless time uh, at the end of the game. And I was just thinking, this is why I'm so glad that we don't have a guy like Kellen Mond. We have very consistent kind of even keel kind of player. Uh, it would just annoy me. It would honestly really, and if we had a quarterback that was just, you go so crazy, throw an interception, but then maybe the next drive, you drive down the field and you score a touchdown. And then the next two drives, you go three and outs. That would be so <laughs> annoying. And, and it's not, I mean, I feel like Auburn had some of those. Where drive down we the had field a lot of those. And we <laughs> get three and outs and then we have drive down the field, touchdown, and then we get like three, three and outs. But this was that I still I still feel like kind of hinged on the offensive um, a lot of times. Um, yep. So you got to, I don't know. Um, anything else that you remember from this Texas A&M game, Ben? Uh, came in, took care of business. I think Derek Brown or Marlon Davidson each week traded off uh, SEC defensive lineman of the week or something like that. So uh, I feel like this was one of the ones where Derek Brown got it. And I, how many weeks did we not have one of our players be SEC defensive lineman? I feel like it was only like one or two. Yeah, there's only a handful because I think at those the guys end, took care of business. I think at the end, it, both of them either had like yeah. So you're looking at over half this one of Auburn's defensive linemen was the player of the you. You got to feel good about at this point of the how good that defensive line. And I think that kind of led into uh, how well our linebackers will play because the the defensive line they were attracting those double teams free up a lot of times for the linebacker to fill the gaps uh, get into the backfield and stop those runs get pressure on the quarterback and so that was another bright point of the season was how well the linebackers uh despite losing uh last year we pretty much lost the at least the starters so you're looking at a brand new fresh guy uh, fresh guys have gotten good play time previous seasons but Guys like KJ Brett, he stepped up. By the end of it, he was SEC lineman of the year, or one of them. So like he he got some really awesome um, practice just over over the last few seasons. So that when he's ready this season, the twenty nine, he's ready to go and become that just the quarterback of the. Um, yeah, he's coming back another year, another year with him. Uh, another thing that I just thought about for this game. So quarterback play wasn't the best. Like, Bo Nix, I think he was, like, either 11 of 20 or 12 of 20. He wasn't that great. He had a touchdown, but didn't throw any interception. Kind of just managed the game, did what he needed to. Uh, and I was thinking, all right, this is good. It's the first road win, or f- first road game that ended up being a win. And I was thinking, this is a good good thing for him. Good stepping stone, especially with going to LSU and to Florida. Uh, that's you got to have some good confidence. So this is where that started to build. Uh, the next game we had was Mississippi State. Uh, this was a game in Jordan-Hare. Uh, it was another evening game. Uh, Auburn ended up winning this one, 56-23. And this one was a runaway from the first five minutes of the game, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was uh, on vacation during this in a sports bar. Tons of uh, random people around, no Auburn fans, just me. But I'd requested to put it up on the big screen. They did it for me. 
And I was, it was like every time I, I looked down, ate a bite of my food and looked back up, Auburn intercepted it, touchdown. Oh, now I need a few <laughs> more bites. What just happened? We did something a long pass play. What? We just ran for a touchdown. <laughs> Booby Whitlow ran over a guy, almost killed their dog. Yep. This was a Best fun game. Of the season. This was a fun game. Um, what do you remember about this Mississippi State? Uh, running in the dog was hilarious. Um, just watching Mississippi State fall apart was great. It was kind of the beginning of the end for yeah. their coaching regime. And uh, now they've hired a, a good one. So we'll see what happens there. Um, besides that, man, just us coming into the game and firing on all cylinders. And I was like, finally, we have arrived. Mm-hmm. This is the Auburn offense we were expecting. This is the Auburn offense we saw in the bowl game. This is the Auburn offense we're going to carry on for the rest. Of the- that was not the case. Yeah. But that's what I thought. Yeah. Me too. And uh, I was I was stoked. It was such a good win. Yeah, and just knowing uh, previous seasons and how how much of a competition Mississippi State's been to see us just run all over them and make them I don't know just be our little brother felt so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we ended up winning this one big, fifty six to twenty three, and I loved every minute of it. Um, even I felt like in the second half, uh, didn't have to watch it as closely being on vacation, but it felt like every single time, look up, another touchdown, another big play for Auburn. Uh, it was just a fun time. Like I'm glad we, uh, had that game to kind of build upon, especially right before we go off to Florida, though, yeah. as we know in Florida, it didn't turn out as well as we, um, we ended up losing that one 24 to 13. There were definitely moments in that game where I, I thought we, we had chances to win, even though the final score shows that we lost by 11. There were definitely moments where I was thinking, we got we had a good chance here. And Well, if it wasn't for that one blown play where like they had an 83-yard run yes. for a touchdown, yeah. then it would have come down to a few points yeah. here and there. And, you know, field goals and whatnot would have then been an option. It just kind of sucks. I mean, this was the one that we had that image of Gus bending over with the A, Mm -hmm. and then people put, like, a U behind him. Yeah. And, like, the game plan wasn't great. I'll give him that. Because, you know, the noise clearly affected our entire offensive play. Yeah. Defense played their hearts out in this game. They did everything they could besides running back a interception. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had, what, three interceptions in this game? Yeah, Bo had three interceptions and was only 11 of 27, so under 50% there. Not by far what we were expecting, especially like we had just discussed. He had had such a good game against Texas. We had, I mean, even one of those interceptions was in the end zone where we had guys that were open. Yeah. And, you know, it was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And after coming off the Mississippi State game, having a week to prepare, going into this game and seeing nothing new, it, it kind of made me step back and be like, what's going on? Yeah, well, like, yeah very I much. I feel like we would have had a better play. Because, I mean, Dan Mullen, he disguised a bunch of plays. He he outcoached Gus mm-hmm. in this game, and that was unexpected. Yeah, I mean, I always knew that Dan Mullen definitely had a good plan whenever he faced Gus. But I was thinking, this is a new team. We have a good shot at going down to Florida. Confidence is there for the team. We can do this. Uh, that didn't happen. The, besides really that late touchdown, I, I again, I thought we had this. We really were just a one or two plays away. The ball didn't bounce our way. Bo, while I think Gus saw how, how well he played at Texas A&M, uh, 
he was thinking, all right, he can do well against Flake. You saw how he just got flawed. There were moments where he couldn't get the plays off. He just didn't manage the offense like he needed. And some of that comes down to coaching, uh, coming down, giving him a more simple game plan. And I mm-hmm. think Gus, rightly so or not, kind of started to hand things off to little by little. And at this point, it was probably a little too much. When Bo, he couldn't process everything. Then. That's why turnovers happened. That's why draw drive stalled out. And that's, that became a learning moment for Bo. And Bo, while he, he didn't play fantastic against teams like LSU, I feel like he took little pieces from from this specific game and said we're gonna i'm gonna become a better player because uh all those mistakes well that and i feel like this game also kind of negatively impacted us as well i feel like it was the you know beginning of the rest of the season in a sense that losing to florida from an sec perspective put us at a disadvantage for sure when it came to playing some of the other teams that had you know national title uh inspiration and we saw from this game, I feel like if we had won this one, some of the games that we had later on in the season would have gone. Yeah, you're probably right. Not not saying conspiracy theories, but I did <laughs> wear a tinfoil hat for half this season after this. You you probably did, and maybe possibly so. Uh, let's talk about the next next game. We actually had another bye week in between the Florida and then faced Arkansas in Walmart land in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm. This one, uh, <laughs> we dominated, and it was a good fresh air. Uh, just good, I don't know, like our team needed. We yep. needed to come back after a bye week and say, you know what, while we, we had our issues down in Florida, we're still a very good team. Um, and that's when I was thinking, all right, nice. So we lost against Florida. Uh, we only dropped one spot that we from number 10 to number 11 we had the bye week uh and then we we come all right sorry we dropped three spots i'm sorry number seven to uh no that's right yeah that's right sorry yeah we only dropped one spot after that so you're thinking all right we're doing pretty well here um yeah. and then we face off against arkansas and we're we just know arkansas is a very depleted team. they don't have very good players we should be able to just run over um and that's what happened uh what do you remember from this game and uh kind of the storylines that uh i mean gus malzahn always circles arkansas right he hates arkansas oh yeah uh just because that organization screwed him over a couple times now and it's you know more like i think the way that most auburn fans feel about alabama that's the way gus malzahn feels about (laughs) arkansas and so maybe he was even looking ahead a little bit when it came to the Florida game because he hates Arkansas so much. It, I feel like we knew there were going to be some trick plays in this game. We knew he had this game circled. I'm sure he was saving some stuff specifically for it. And, you know, we came to play. Yeah. And a thankful thing for Gus, I guess, is, you know, Arkansas has been pretty bad here recently. Yes. And so being one of the worst teams in the SEC, we just, you know, put a weapon up on them. Yeah. And, and we... Definitely had a good plan again. Uh, Knicks ended up having three touchdown passes and really just came out and said, we're ready to play uh, some good hard-nosed football against Arkansas. And that's what we did. Uh, we really, I mean, this was one of those games I feel like we could have put up a lot more points, but we, yep. just because Gus is friends with Chad Morrison now, we have Chad Morris on our coaching staff. That uh, probably dictated how well Gus would have put the pedal to the metal um, if we were beating a team like alabama and like this i feel like the the score easily could have been like 80 to 10 uh, <laughs> because Gus would have just been like 
I hate y'all so much. We're just going to do it. But because of that friendship, I think that kind of held him back a little. Agreed. Um, we also had this game. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys run the ball. And that was refreshing. Good to see some extra guys get around um, and run run the ball. Didn't do as much passing. Um, only had 13 receptions the whole game. But really didn't need it. Like there were there were times where we had touchdowns that were obviously good, but you could have just ran the ball for most of the game and probably won the game by just about as much. Yep. And you know when the running game gets going against a garbage team, it's tough to stop. Oh yeah, for sure. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?